I mean, I mean, I think that he's an he's dissatisfied top. Uh, more like, more like he can't he can't find the like. He's seeking a perfect bottom, you know, at all times. Perfect bottom, like he's like in a bottomless pit of bottoms and um, a, just too many, plenty of fish kind of situation. So technically, everyone would be a bottom to God. And but the thing is, is that they're not good enough. Okay, so maybe he is. Maybe he is looking for a top. But that's that's like his problem with the devil is like he doesn't want to admit that he just really wants a top, and it's like he's he's gonna come to you know he's gonna come to 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 God about that. But the devil gonna come to God about that. The devil knows. The devil obviously knows. That's why they like doing like flirty text shit. You know. Texting back and forth. The devil is definitely sending flirty texts. He's sending some eggplants to God. And God's like, that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's up, everybody? This is I Don't Heart Radio. Don't heart it. But you know what? This could be your next favorite band. All right. Today. All right. So we're going to be talking about secret cities today. Though I do, I do want to open up. With a bold prediction. Bold. bold prediction. I. They don't warrant an episode, but I do think that I have found a band that is go- about to blow the fuck up from nowhere. Okay. And I love bold predictions. I, I tend to make them all the time. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's one of those convenient things like the cult of South where you're like, forget the ones that you've made that aren't true because you're the only one keeping track and you can just not keep track of those but you can always rub in everyone's faces the predictions you made that were true like how I was right six times on tour you were right six whole times not even half half right entire times you were right six entire times on tour and um, I felt that way about Van Ohm who I saw before they were signed to any label right. I, I would say that they still haven't had their they are like one of my favorite bands ever, but they are on Joyful Noise and toured opening for Wilco and played. They were one of the. Festivals. They were one of the big name, the the large text names at Tree Fort. They got some large text, but they deserve even larger text. They should be the largest text. Largest text band. Ohm coming up next. Um, yeah, I I love making. Uh, I found this band, and I think they're gonna do huge predictions. Yeah, my prediction. The Robo Cobra Quartet. Oh, so this isn't the band you're presenting. No. This is a band you just you found and can't do an episode on. Can't do an episode on it because they're. You're about to be like, this is the band I'm presenting today. We can't do an episode about it. It's going to be really short. They're going to be big, and then we're done. That's it. (laughs) That's the episode. We're out of here. No, I wanted to because they, uh, they, they don't warrant a whole episode because, uh, well, they're about to release their first album. They have two singles out. And they're like 19 years old uh, from uh, the UK. Okay. That's what, you know, is findable about them. Right. I know that they are, um, they're doing the, this is available on uh, this label, 
which is totally just our label. The singles are good, and I feel like it's just got this. Pr- I I feel it in my bones that it has exactly what is gonna work. Uh-huh. Um, it's and what's that? well, no guitars. Um, I mean, I like guitar, but, but there's. Uh, and, but there's, there's something interesting about it. It's bass and then, um, saxophone, various saxophones, uh, and vocals, baritone, soprano, alto. Well, it's the Robocobra quartet. So there's a bass player, there's a front man, and then two saxophone boys who do, you know, whatever saxophone is required for the song. Is it like Moon Hoochie? Where there's like so it's not. It's not. No, it's not obnoxious in that way. No, I mean, I like Moon Hooch too. Like, I like, uh, but it, like, you know. So there's, there's shtick. Um, they... Their singles have, while while their page isn't blowing up, they've got like some pretty glowing BBC Three reviews and stuff, uh, and it's got really like kind of stripped back rhythm, uh, groovy bass, pretty interesting interweaving saxophone lines, and then very dry kind of in that talking head spoken word vocal delivery and it's gonna it's gonna connect with people yeah i predict it i feel it you know who i'm predicting though i think maybe she's already like too big yeah who's your prediction my cowgirl clue your cowgirl clue my cowgirl clue yeah Is your page already blowing up? Yeah, I think it's... Ah, then we don't count that. But I don't know if it was blowing up the first time I saw her. The first time I saw her was, what, was like maybe four years ago? Yeah. And there's been a new album since then. The new season of Russian Doll, there's a recurring, like, musical motif Mm -hmm. that is one of this... No, 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 they they do a different one. Ah, it's a good song though. Uh, yeah, but then I, I definitely had. Ah, but that's the point. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah that's the point. Yeah. No, there's a different one. There's just like an instrumental motif, and then um, it's using the same like stupid Casio like arpeggio that is in that one cowgirl clue song. So ever si- so like you you fucking pilled me. Uh, and then every time that it, I heard it, I'm like, is it about to be that fucking song? Okay, so uh, just for like a little background, everyone I introduce Cowgirl Clue to hates her, which is all the more reason that I think she's going to blow up. Right. I think she is the next, like, Grimes. Yeah, so I don't like hate, I, mm, I don't hate hate it. I. It's, it's bad bordering, so I always introduce it with, is this just bad 
god or is this genius? Yeah. How I introduce it. I think it might be genius, but it could be considered horrible. It could be considered like a music, uh, unmusical. Might just yeah. But I'm with you on that. Like genius. Maybe it's genius. I can't stop listening to it. Well, whoever did the Russian Doll to season two score, we've got eyes on you. You you grabbed this. No. <laughs> um, Russian Doll season two worth watching. Oh, absolutely. Because I, I, you know, I stopped. You stopped. It got too scary. One, it got so scary. Oh, but it's really good. Hell yeah. Her studio. So I was sleeping on the floor of her studio <laughs> for like two weeks. I was just, I would sleep on the floor and then I would like fold up my little sleeping blob area, my nest as I called it. And then I, we would make it back into the studio because she had like sessions all day. And then I would re, uh, you know, establish my nest every night. Right, and your I fort. Watch, <laughs> I would watch Russian Doll to fall asleep and then it just got too scary. Gets a little scary. Uh, yeah, second season, time travel instead of time loop. Oh. Yeah. Man. Yeah. It sounds less scary. Is it still kind of scary? It gets kind of scary. Man, I do, it's like, I love uh, that actress. Yeah. She's great. She is great. But it was like, don't kill buddy. And I was having nightmares. I think that's when I finally turned it off. That's what I, that's why I don't like horror movies in a lot of ways. Like, you need to wake up early. You need to watch some day horror. Daytime horror. Yeah. Though, I mean... So, like, against the genre. I was so happy when you managed to get through... Um, oh, what's what's the incredible one with the cult in uh, Mid, uh, Midsummer? Yeah, uh, that was great. Yeah. That wasn't... So people always are confused about... Right, I know that you hate ghosts. You hate ghosts. And... If you, I don't mind serial. I love like a serial killer story or like a, you know. What I'm missing out on though is if you would be able to power through Hereditary, because that. Oh, it's so many ghosts, but it's so good. It's so good. I won't sleep for for weeks. Yeah, I know. Right. But it's my subconscious. I have no control over it. And it is very convinced. Your subconscious is ghost-pilled. Totally ghost-pilled. And it turns out it runs my brain. (laughs) 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 So we'll see. We'll see. So do you want to talk about Secret Cities? Secret Cities. What kind of music? Indie rock. So, Secret Cities is a fun story, all right? Where are they from? Uh, they are from North Dakota. Your home state. They're from my home state. And, I mean, you have very, uh, you know. There's a limited a pool. Of, you have limited pool, and you have a lot of feelings towards North, North Dakota that I think you've expressed over uh, the it, years of knowing you as uh, mainly being a uh, shitty, shitty, flat, shitty, 
cultureless, flat, shitty shit place. Yeah. Did I summarize? Do you you did. You summarized it uh, basically to a T. It's like listening. you've been listening. I uh, I feel heard. So uh, Secret Cities is from North Dakota, and the uh, the story is really cute. So there's two founding members, Charles and Marie, and they met at band camp in 2001. Oh, I mean, they have, you know, it's... Oh, like band, like, marching band? Yeah. Um, of course, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Okay. I was thinking, like, rock band camp, and I was like, I feel like this would be a protest against that. So the thing is, is that North Dakota is very big, very flat. Uh-huh. Um, So they're, at, at the time, when they met in, like, 2001, there was one band camp for all of North Dakota, so they lived 500 miles away from each other. In Williston and Fargo. Oh, it's like a little like a like a love story of uh It's a band story. It's a band story. No, there's no no love. Yeah. No love. Uh uh, but they met and then they just started, you know, emailing like these this is music that I like. Like a pen pal? Like a pen pal. They became pen pals. That's so cute. Uh shout out pen pals. Uh so they uh Oh, wow, it's even cuter. They just made tapes on little four tracks. Like, this is music that I'm making. Yeah, how old are these people? Well, uh, I mean, they met at band camp in 2001. Uh, so they're they're like my age, Summer. <laughs> Do you not have the internet? Uh, well, no. <laughs> You're like, no. God damn it, this is cute. Well, it is cute. And also, 2001... 9-11, so that's 9-11, right. I did not have the internet uh, for 9-11. You didn't have the internet for 9-11. Did I have the internet for 9-11? Did you have the internet for 9-11? I eight years old. I think we had the internet, but I maybe didn't know how to, like, access it, really. I was, like, maybe doing some type to learn, some Oregon Trail. Yeah, okay, so you were still Oregon Trailing. No, I, I didn't get the internet until... Like five years after nine eleven. Wow. It, you know, a combination of again North Dakota. Did you think you were when you got the internet? Fourteen. Okay. Yeah. That would be, that, that would track because I probably remember using like downloading stuff on LimeWire around like twelve. Makes sense. Right. I'm trying to get a virus. I bet you did. I got so many viruses. Yeah, I you did. Touched the computer that went as slow as that Dell. Yeah, you broke your computer. Yeah, I used to punch it. I thought that made it go faster. I would literally, like, punch the computer. Okay, that explains a lot. So, yeah, they're exchanging tapes in the mail in 2001 because that's a very reasonable thing to have been doing in 2001. Sorry, guys. I take it all back. Uh, And they did this for three years. They just, like exchange demos back and forth and then that made a band. Oh, of music they were working on. So it wasn't yeah. tapes of things that they were intru- into listening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were they were doing like four tracks. Uh-huh. Uh and they uh you know, released a bunch of music there and then uh they kind of had, you know, their cute little stuff and then they added a third member and that became Secret Cities. And 
uh, they basically got a small label deal on Western Vinyl because of Carrie Bronstein making a mistake. Oh, wow, really? Yes. So there is, uh, and and this is highlighted in um, in Secret City's Bandcamp page. Are you confused about which band she's talking to or something? Yes. Oh my god. Let's That's read. Awesome. So did someone else get fucked? <laughs> I don't know. We don't know. We're hearing like the hero story, but you have a similar story about how you didn't get on. Luke oh, right. Got, uh, mistaken for a different, or another violinist got mistaken for you. Different, different banjo, different banjo violin team. team. Yeah. So, okay, yeah, that's story. So tell that story. Okay, so there is a, and and this is absolutely no, um, no shade to anybody, but there's, and also, also in the end, it have we, we, uh, we, we've talked about Louis C.K. <laughs> we need to stop talking about Louis C.K. This is the last one. You'll never hear from us again. Uh, so I busked in New York, like professionally, uh, professionally homeless, professional hobo, as I like to say, and there was uh, the and sorry, professionally homeless. Yeah, I meant professional hobo. It's fine. I had a very expensive home, so much money, money. and uh, so the thing is, is that you busk, and you do it all day, and you make a decent amount of money, and you also, like, meet a lot of people, Uh, (laughs) and uh, there was another banjo player, Morgan O'Kane, who played with a fiddle player uh, Ezekiel Healy, I think, is his usual fiddle player, but also sometimes it's Ferd. Oh, right. No, I mean, I like Morgan. Uh, no, no, no. He's like <laughs> cool guy. Uh, but the thing is, is uh, there in the last season of Louis? There's you know, because he would do these vignettes, and they were like you know, pretty perfect New York vignettes, and then there was one that featured a subway busker. It was Morgan. And, uh, and you know, that was really, at the time, before all this stuff, and also, you know, uh, it, you know that was cool for the community because everyone knew each other in the subway scene. It's like, ah, you're on Louie, super cool. Right. And then, you know, like, ah, New York Times profile, that's cool, like, so on and so forth. Uh, and then there was an article... And uh, it came out, and Louis C.K. was getting interviewed about that episode, and he was talking, they asked, like, how did you find the subway performer? And then he told a story about how he was walking on the High Line and bought a CD from a banjo and violin player. And that he lost the CD and couldn't find... It, like he he was like obsessed with it, yeah, and he was like he played it all the time, yeah, yes, and and so he just you know googled subway busker banjo and was like that's the guy, uh, and 
the thing is is that the two banjo the banjo player that I was playing with and Morgan look very similar and they do a very similar bit so the thing is is that Morgan really never boxed the high line and never had CDs and I always had cuz it's like come on let's sell merch you know uh cuz of how I am so and I can kind of like, you know, in the moment I'm like, when I was busting, I was, was that Louis C.K.? You know? Uh, and, and so, yeah, Louis C.K. bought my CD <laughs> and then uh, messed up uh, or, or not messed up, did a forgetty and then booked, booked, uh, booked a different one. So there's, there, there is a parallel universe in which I was on the Grammy winning uh, <laughs> talent. Yes. Nothing more to say. There he goes. There he goes. Still going. So that said, Carrie Bronstein, very similar situation here with Secret Cities. Right, but so we're hearing the other side. This is if, if you were the guy that accidentally, like, if he had gotten this other person's CD and then locked it and then found you. This is the other side. This is the person who's winning out of this exchange. So uh, here is the NPR top 10 for the year uh, 2010. It's the year 2010, and Carrie Bronstein, of course, has been hired by NPR to do a top 10 list. Hell yeah, I love Carrie Bronstein. Here is Carrie's review for Secret City's Slacker off of Pink Graffiti. I'll be honest. I first put this CD on because I thought it was something else. But but when I got to this song, I took notice. The beginning of it sort of reminds me of Oscillate Wildly by The Smiths. I'm putting Slacker on the year-end list because it is really specific to 2010. I may never revisit it again after this year, but it went round and round my, in my head for more than a few weeks and kept me humming and hooked. Interesting review. Isn't I, it? I just found this random thing. It might be something I'll never think about again. Why did she have to put that part in? It's a little, this is, it's a little shitty. It's a little shitty because it's kind of like I'm a tastemaker and I refuse to fully take it responsibility because no one else yet has been like, this is good. I accidentally found it. So I'm not going to go full, this is good. I'm going to go, this has been stuck in my head. This is sort in of, there? Sort of like how I introduced Cowgirl Slim. I did listen to it. I can't stop listening to it. But I don't know. Is it bad? You guys tell me. Come on, Carrie. I'm putting it on the list, and it's like number seven, you know? I mean, that's still on a top It's Top ten? Top ten. Right before Rihanna. That's a, you know, that's some 2010 stuff right there. Okay, so they accidentally ended up on Carrie Bronstein's top 10. <laughs> she was like, I just don't have time to keep going. I'm very busy with Portlandia. Uh, we're taking a little, still a little break. Nah, someone gave me a CD somewhere. Uh, I don't even know how I ended up with this CD. I, I accidentally threw it in. And um, I just, 
I guess, I don't know. <laughs> and that doesn't really appear to have, it didn't, you know, woo, it super extend anything or like blow them up. Uh, yeah, which then a couple of. Uh, which I would pause on that and just say that is the power of a tastemaker um, pulling up someone, even though she did it with the most non-committal review of all time. Um, it is like if you are somebody who has a following and you don't make an effort to find other people, you are wasting a, like your biggest power. Uh, um, your greatest responsibility. Yeah, I guess The Bowie model. Yeah. Um, you know, if you if you happen to be listening accidentally into this podcast, <laughs> you know that someone did that for you. So you keep know, doing it. You got to pass it on. Uh, and they then went on to do another three albums, and they're good. Uh, the the albums after that one, there is way more production value and time sent. Uh, they they did like studios in New York and San Francisco, and that's what I think is really cool. I, I mean, like coming from North Dakota, like the power of playing in a band and being able to leave North Dakota as a result, like get out and experience something uh, like recording in San Francisco and New York. That is, that's a huge deal to a North Dakotan. Yeah. I mean, do you think it's just pretty not common to leave that, the state? Like, do you think, I, I guess, I, you know, a lot of people say I've lived in Michigan. Technically I've traveled a lot. Right. But I've always lived in Michigan. And I think, so I think a lot of times people stay, based around with their family. Oh, I mean, statistically, it's something like 90% of Americans never move outside of the zip code that they were born in. And do, do you think that holds even more true, though? you think it goes up with North Dakota, or do you think it's just uh, that, like, if you are in North Dakota, uh, it's the same amount of people that end up traveling yeah. out, but it's uh, uh, such a big cultural difference? Yes, that's what, yeah, that's what I, the, the numbers and the ratio probably holds true because we're all just a math equation, you know, but the thing is, is that the, the sheer culture shock and culture value of leaving, especially in 2000, like North Dakota is, uh, you know, you can go and you can find uh, the old documentary Jesus Camp. Uh, it's it's li- it's where they would literally pray to cardboard cutouts of George W. Bush, for, uh, you know, it, it it's like weird as shit. Wait, why are they praying to George W. Bush instead of to the cardboard uh, cutout of Jesus? Wouldn't that make more sense? Nah. one is he the Holy Spirit? I've been trying to decode what's happening. Um, because so, I was raised in like you know a very chill Jewish family of right. Like, Yeah. Religion to be like these customs are nice. So uh, I was pretty unfamiliar with the church, other than having some friends that were super indoctrinated, and I just always couldn't understand what they were. They would be like, "Evolution's not real," and I'd be like, "That's so." Yeah. Crazy. You should really 
stop listening to your parents about that one. And, um, <laughs> and, uh, uh, so then doing sound at church is I sort of like started to actually understand because like literally just didn't understand like right. what was happening with these like people that were like weird, that were really smart, that would just say stuff that was very dumb. Uh, or yeah, it's very dumb. Yeah, it's dumb. dumb. Th- those are just dumb things that you um, say and think and believe. Uh, and, and so the thing is, is that uh, that that's where you kind of have a very interesting cultural blind spot uh, because it, it's like a pretty large portion of the American population, uh, 35%. Uh, but they're kind of tucked away in your Nebraskas and your North Dakotas and stuff. Yeah, they're um, <laughs> yeah, I did. And that was a eye-opening experience. I thought it was going to be funny, but it was sad. It was so sad. I almost like I was like near like tears. I was like some I could not believe we watched we go in and of course it's like um, you know, it's basically like dinosaurs were here, but they walked among the people because the earth is 5,000 years old or whatever the story yeah. is. And then um, they have dioramas everywhere. Yeah, they do. Reenactments of the people and the dinosaurs. They're riding the dinosaurs. <laughs> they ride the dinosaurs. And then there's a group, there's like a group of real life children. And I just watched this man um, explain to this big group of, of impressionable youth um, about how evolution is not real and how it's so silly that anyone could believe evolution was real and he gives some like weird fact about a beaver or something to to prove his case. Yeah. Um, and I don't even it doesn't make like it's not something you could even follow. But the kids are like, you know, nodding along and and he finishes his spiel and he he turns to this group of kids and he says, Does anyone have any questions? And I'm like, Please, please, if there is a God, make one of these kids ask a question that makes some sense. You know? Yeah. Like, just like show me that there's like a, a spirit within them that has a chance of, of wondering, uh, having enough wonder and, you know, childlike curiosity to. to, to but guess what? A, a follow up. Your faith one, was unrewarded. One hand goes up, one lone hand, and he goes, Ah, yes, a question. Um, what is your question? And a boy in the back goes, Um,. Can we go to the Taco Bell after this? And they're like, yes, we can go to Taco Bell after. Yes. So that's the... Was Taco Bell open? No, it was that the Taco Bell was closed, but there's a subway. It was some... Or a Hardee's. They had to negotiate what fast food would be consumed after the trip to the Jesus Dinosaur Museum. And I love Jesus Dinosaur Museum, and I take people there, whatever available, and p- people get upset. <laughs> they get they they get mad at me for exposing to them. Uh, oh, uh, it's rough. It's okay. real. The, getting out of uh, or just the middle of the country, you know. And, and I don't even think you like. I don't. Getting out is an interesting thing because I think it's like a. I think that most talent comes from the Midwest. Yes. Because I think that we face a lot of um, bad weather and that hardens you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this this goes back to the Christine Young. Uh-huh. St. Louis. Yeah, but being able to 
is uh is like a beautiful thing that art can do for people that I don't know. It's uh I mean I'm sure other careers can too, but it's it's a similar path of what you took. Right. Middle of nowhere, big city. Big city. All to have Louis buy your CD and throw it in the dumpster. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm just, I'm just imagining that he lost it in some hilarious jerk off incident. Oh yeah. Yeah. And you're losing. Um. All right, we're done with Louis. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay. Uh. So, so secret cities. Cities. Secret cities. Kind of. I feel like the name actually has to do kind of with what we were. Yeah. Like they're kind of like I mean maybe we're maybe I'm off base with that. But like secret cities in America, it's kind of like middle of nowhere. I mean that is how it feels. Secret cities. Uh Secret cities. So we've got um the last album Phrases That Remain, which is um previous albums were split between the two main members. Like, uh, you know, there'd be a Marie song and there would be a Charles song, you know, like one of those deals. And so the last record, Phrases That Remain, is a 100% Marie album. And it's basically, yeah, they're playing on it, but it's all written by Marie. So it is billed as Moon Revenge. But it's the same members, and they kind and and it's kind it's on the same Bandcamp page, so you know. But the band name is Moon, Moon Revenge. Revenge, yeah, and that's getting re-released, uh, like this week. So you know, sometime. On, uh, on a label or. It's just getting, uh, it's getting re-released on vinyl and like reprinted and kind of redone. Uh, and that's, it's a very, very nice collection of songs that I think that, you know, it'd be worth picking up on the band camp, which is secretcitiesmusic.com. Phrases that remain. Phrases that remain. And that's, I mean, that's basically it. That's the, that's the story of Secret Cities. Um, if you have a, if you have a band that, uh, you want us to cover, uh, please send an email to I don't heart music pod. Uh, at gmail.com. Um, tell us about a band that uh, doesn't have enough of a following that should have more of a following because they're very cool, especially like it if they're about to release something. Um, but even if not... Uh, even if they are from 10 years ago. Um, choose their music our way. Um, send streaming links. Um, and if you have a story from a show that you've played... Um, or attended if you uh, also had Louie pick up one of your CDs while you were busking um, and he threw it away uh, and then accidentally got someone else uh, if you have a story of a time where you uh, you didn't you either uh, did an expression of art that then got confused for someone else and they got recognition or the opposite uh, if you're like Secret Cities and Carrie Brownstein accidentally found your music looking for someone else and then that turned into something cool. Um, 
Send us send us an email. I don't part radio pod at gmail.com.